You're now listening to the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast, hosted by the editors of the Global Connected Aircraft Summit. You can subscribe to the podcast and make suggestions for topics and guests at gcasummit.com slash podcast. Apple and Android users can also find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Welcome to the second episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. My name is Woodrow Bellamy III, one of the editors behind the Global Connected Aircraft Summit. I recently returned from the 2018 International Aviation Forecast Summit in Denver, Colorado. It's a pretty interesting annual event. It's held by the Boyd International Group. What's interesting about the event is they connect journalists like myself with top-of-the-line commercial airline executives. It's not every day you get to talk to these types of people. So uh, it was a really good event. During the event, I learned a lot of different things, did a lot of different interviews with a few different airlines. And look out for some of that coverage coming from the Global Connected Aircraft Summit website. Just give you a couple of interesting takeaways from those interviews. Talk to Steve Smith, who is the vice president and head of global sales for Japan Airlines. And I had the chance to learn how Japan Airlines is creating what they call a voice activated artificial intelligence system that, you know, those text messages you get from airlines that'll say, you know, your departure gate has changed or your flight is delayed or your baggage is waiting for you in the baggage area, well, Japan is creating that process in a voice-activated way. So you'll actually be able to talk to that system that's behind that text message. So there's interesting learning from them as well that Japan Airlines recently opened its innovation lab in Japan where they're literally taking ideas from concept to development to reality. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that innovation lab. I also had the chance to talk to Dennis Carey, who is the vice president of commercial and planning for Copa Airlines. They're based in Panama City. And one of the interesting things he said was that they don't really see the value for investing in in-flight internet at this time, and that they also do not really see adequate coverage in the routes that they fly within Latin America. So just look out for that interview with Dennis as well from the Global Connected Aircraft Summit website. I also had the chance to talk to Kurt Stash, who is the Senior Vice President of Marketing for American Airlines. He had some interesting things about Americans' recent moves. If you've been reading or attended the Global Connected Aircraft Summit over the last few years, you've probably learned about American. Right now, they have three different providers of in-flight internet. And according to Kurt, they really see value in satellite-based internet. They see that having the most capacity and the best performance in, in enabling in-flight streaming. And they really see value in having three different providers of in-flight internet long-term. And he said that's probably something that they're going to look to keep is you know, multiple providers across their fleet. So again, look out for coverage of those interviews coming soon from the Global Connected Aircraft Summit website. 
But today we did have a very special guest as well on the podcast. Her name is Kim Day. She is the CEO of Denver International Airport. And I learned Denver is the fifth busiest airport in the United States. They recently overtook JFK for that ranking. They also have among the fastest upload and download Wi-Fi speeds of any airport in the world. That's been documented by speedtest.net. It's also been documented by a technology publication called Ookla. So you can verify that. But they're also undergoing a massive $1.5 billion modernization project. And that's going to, among other things, bring a new security and pre-check clearance process to the way that passengers enter their airport. They're going to they're have a much more interactive use of your smartphone and what are known as vestibules for their security process. So it's going to look a lot different the next time you go to Denver International Airport. It should be completed within the next three years. So let's see what Kim had to say in today's interview and also why Denver International Airport is a connected airport. So if you could just start out by giving us your name and your title and uh, sort of what you do in your day-to-day as the CEO of Denver International Airport. So my name is Kim Day. I am the CEO of Denver International Airport, which is in this city. We are a city agency and I'm an appointee of the mayor, Mayor Michael B. Hancock. I am really fortunate to have a team of amazing people at the airport who are all technically sound and collaborative, and really they do most of the day-to-day operations. I would say that I help them to set the vision and keep on track, and then I really do a lot in my role as an appointee of the mayor, of being part of his cabinet, and interfacing externally with the council and the mayor and the auditor and our stakeholders, our airlines, and our concessionaires. And I understand that you recently overtook JFK as the fifth busiest airport in the nation. We did. So last year was a record year for us, 61.4 million passengers. We're growing fast. We've had nine consecutive months of record traffic. This year we expect to be up about 5% overall and about 20% international. One of the interesting things you mentioned during your introduction yesterday was the NextGen Metroplex project, which would be really interesting for our audience to learn about. Sure. Uh, what was kind of the result of that, and is it, is it still something that's ongoing? Yeah, we were one of the, I would say, the early adopters of NextGen. FAA chose us for a number of reasons, but we worked with the FAA and we worked with our airlines to basically redesign the space four or five years ago, and that was called Metroplex One. And in doing that, we had we developed and now utilize continuous ascent and descent arrival patterns. The FAA, after doing a number of metropolitan areas in Metroplex 1, has come back and they're doing Metroplex 2. So we are on schedule next year to have a little more revision. But in terms of the advantages of it, obviously continuous ascent and descent saves fuel. In fact, they say that on average, our carriers save 4.4 nautical miles per flight, and that results in a huge amount of uh, fuel savings. But there's also time savings that you get from, from NextGen. And maybe the most important thing for us is it has increased the capacity of our airspace because you can place planes closer together. So when our airport was developed, it was designed to ultimately have 12 runways. 
And at the time, the thought was those 12 runways would support growth to 100 million passengers a year. With the redesign of the airspace, we think we can get 150 to 175 million. So it's greatly increased the future for our airport. And did the project result in any deployment of any new air traffic technologies, just either at the airport or on the surface or anything like that? Not that I'm aware of. Obviously, we have a mix of, I would call, legacy airlines, as well as some smaller airlines. And the legacy airlines really were equipped to begin flying next gen. Some of the small planes will never be equipped. So we do have a mix of equipage and non-equipage that I'm sure is a challenge for the air traffic control tower. But no, I'm not aware of anything we did on the ground that was that was newer inventive. Okay. And I also understand that you're undergoing a massive modernization project that you went over a little bit during your presentation as well. Could you give us some, some background on that as well? Sure. We have a five-year, $3.5 billion capital plan. We're doing a few things with that. One is we are aging. I know everybody thinks we're the new airport, but we're over 23 years old right now. Mm. So we're going to replace some systems. But also with the record growth we've had, we need to expand. Our existing facilities were designed for 50 million passengers. As I just said, we did 61 last year. So we need to grow that. So we're taking our terminal and we're renovating it. We're moving security out of the main hall and moving it upstairs, consolidating ticket lobbies, and then reconfiguring the lower level as more of a customer-focused concession area post-security. In doing that, we're increasing the capacity of the terminal about 30%. In parallel to that, we're adding 39 gates, which also increases the capacity about 30%. So each one of our three concourses will be expanded on the ends. We're not building a new concourse. So in the end, we will have basically capacity for 80 million passengers a year which we think we could hit any time between 2025 and 2030. That's pretty soon. We do, long term, we have the ability of adding more concourses and growing the airport to match the capacity of the airspace. Interesting. And the uh, modernization project, will that also help to improve just passenger flow through security screening and all that as well? Absolutely. That's a really good point because we went to TSA when we started doing this project. We said, you know, it would be a shame just to move the process and the equipment upstairs. This is an opportunity to work with us to come up with a different concept. And so they did. And so not only are we going to use the latest technology, but we have developed a configuration where lanes are paired and each pair of lanes has a vestibule where you'll wait with 35 to 40 people. You will not wait in the big line. So you'll basically take your, your phone or your 40 pass and scan it, and you'll be assigned to one of these vestibules. And what it also does is allow TSA to assign you by risk. So pre-check passengers will have their own vestibules. There may be a vestibule for families with children because they have their own special needs. And there's probably a room or two for people who are on the high risk for one way or another, either on a list or they see some behavior that they think they need to you extra screening. It's really win-win. Passengers will get a better experience and TSA can be more effective in their screening. And another question about that is always in aviation, it seems like projects like that, you have to manage the day-to-day operations and then still, you know, go through that project. How will you kind of balance that, you know, manage getting passengers in and out, landing planes while going through this massive modernization project? So the good news for us for uh, the concourses is because the expansion's at the end, passengers won't even know it's going on. So that's great. We've got terrific contractors out there. They'll just build it, 
and one day we'll take down the wall and you'll see that you've got more gates at the end. That one's easy. The terminal's difficult because passengers are in there 24-7 and right now we have the middle of our terminal closed. The good news about our terminal project is it's going to open in four distinct phases. So next spring we will open the first phase of ticketing and so we'll move where the construction barrier is and it'll be much easier from then on. The worst piece is this first piece. So we've got two ticket lobby openings. The end of 2020, the security screening will open, and the end of 2021, we will open everything. But in terms of managing it day to day, our terminal is actually a P3. We partnered with a association of Ferrovial, Saunders Construction, and Magic Johnson Loop Capital, and they are responsible. They have given us a price and a schedule to deliver this by the end of 2021. And just adding the new gates, will that result in any type of new surface technologies there or, or any you know, modernization of the, the airport surface tech? We are not talking about any kind of new technology right now. Okay. Got it. Okay. And I also wanted to know, you mentioned you have the fastest Wi-Fi in the... We do, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? How did you get that measurement and uh, was that a you know, key focus for you all to get the fastest Wi-Fi? So we did a segmentation study a few years ago to figure out who our passengers were and what they wanted. And the, the two things that came to the top was they wanted fast Wi-Fi and they wanted clean bathrooms. So we're working on both of those. So we invested a lot of money into improving our infrastructure for the Wi-Fi. And when I said one of the fastest, so Ookla magazine, which is a tech magazine, which I personally don't read, but I hear a lot of techies do, they say that we have the fastest Wi-Fi in any airport in the world. So it's, it's them that are saying that. But there are statistics out there, and I'm not geek enough to know the actual data, but the short amount of time it takes you to download movies and other files just outpaces any other airport. Okay. And also just wanted to know, as part of the modernization project itself, pretty much every passenger that comes into your airport probably has a mobile device, a tablet. Are you all adopting any new smart technologies to, to take advantage of that trend as well? Yeah, that's something we're looking at really closely. So one of the things we just adopted is an app that's called C-Say, so that if any of our employees, eventually it'll be for every worker at the airport, if they see anything a broken escalator or a bag that is suspicious, they can just take a picture and send it right to our maintenance team or our emergency ops center so that we can use everybody as one of our agents out in the airport. So that's, that's one we're employing now. But we're really looking at the ability to push messages to our passengers in the future. We do track them today in order to know the wait time of our TSA lines, I mean, we're just tracking phones on, not, we're not tracking you, but we're tracking your phone. We know how long it takes your phone to go through security. But eventually, in this new security checkpoint, we're hoping that you get a push message when you enter the airport that says you've got an appointment at 9.15 in Ramsey, and you can go have coffee, and you can, you know, go ice skate on our plaza, and then when 9.15 comes around, you can just go there and get screened and never have to wait in the line. That's our goal. We'd also like to send you messages when you get off a plane saying, hey, last time you were in our airport, I know you had an almond milk latte. There's a Starbucks, two stores up to your right. Would you like one today so that we can help you? We're not there yet, but I think that's what all of the airports are focused on today, how we use this tool to give you a better experience as a passenger. 
Interesting. And maybe just the last question, over the next year or so, as you get into this modernization project, what will be kind of the key focus areas, you know, as that gets underway? So I think what we're trying to do is really develop a vision for our airport. We're going to be 25 years old in a year and a half, right? And here we are, we are growing the terminal and the concourses. We're thinking of another runway, maybe a pair of runways, seven and eight. We're going to figure out which of the 12 potential runways we should build next. We're also going to start looking internally at some of our systems and you know, do a little self-evaluation. Are we structured in the right way to face the next 25 years in this, in this industry? We are really fortunate. We're growing. Denver's growing. Our airlines operate very economically. At our airport, we have a very competitive cost per plane passenger that they pay. So we're, we're in a really luxurious situation where things are going right. And maybe we can take a little sigh of relief here and plan for the future and to plan maybe for times that are not so great as they are today. All right, great. Well, Kim Day, CEO of Denver International Airport, thanks for taking the time for the interview. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're now listening to the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast hosted by the editors of the Global Connected Aircraft Summit. You can subscribe to the podcast and make suggestions for topics and guests at gcasummit.com slash podcast. Apple and Android users can also find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play.